Tanya Begay, a 36-year-old Navajo woman, vanished in March of 2017 in Tohachi, New Mexico, when she was last seen with her then-boyfriend, Jason Allen Thornburg, also known as a Tarrant County serial killer. To this day, no one has been charged in her disappearance. This is the story of Tanya Begay. Hey guys, this is Ash. This is Shiashi. This is Maggie, and you're listening to We Are Resilient. Did you hear Edward Norton is the grandson of Pocahontas? Yeah, I read about that, like the great, 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 great grandson or something like that. Like the 12th great grandson. Yeah, I think I read that in a CNN article. Tagged our podcast in it, but I basically was like, that's not her name. Ooh, Maggie was getting saucy. (laughs) I shared a couple of articles. (laughs) Yeah, I shared a couple of articles about it. Apparently he's on this TV show. I don't even know what it's called. Um, Find Your Roots. Yeah, Find Your Roots. But that's pretty cool, though. I guess the premise of the show. I mean, it could be cool. So, like, if celebrities are going on this show with the intent to truly find their roots then they should use their platform in a positive way. So now I would expect him to be an advocate for indigenous people because he knows he has those roots. Oh, most definitely. It's the CNN article. It reads, Oscar-nominated actor Edward Norton has discovered that the real-life Pocahontas, the romanticized and mythologized... Oh my God, mythological. (laughs) 17th century daughter of a Native American chief is his 12th great-grandmother. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little annoyed that this is headline news. I found Maggie's comment. She's saying, if you're going to talk about Pocahontas, you need to use a real name, Matoica. Oh, snap. Oh, my gosh, Maggie, your audio is getting a little wonky. So if you didn't hear her, she said her post got three likes. It's not funny, but it is. But still, you're out there spreading truth. So that's all we can do. Well, no, it's up to five now. Okay, good. Look at you. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and give Maggie's post another like. She's up to six. (laughs) Hey, maybe they'll pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's go ahead and get into today's story uh, before we get too off track on this Edward Norton business. Yeah, today I'm going to share with you the unsolved story of Tanya Begay and the strange behavior and crimes that were committed by her boyfriend. Is she related to Ella May by any chance? It didn't ever say that she was, but she is of the Navajo okay. Nation. I was going to say Begay is a common um, name for Navajo. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Tanya Begay is a member of the Navajo Nation and, the, and from Gallup, New Mexico, and the mother of two young children. The Navajo Nation, as they are called the Diné, and extends into Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico, covering over 27,000 square miles. Navajo land is larger than 10 of the 50 states. As you may have heard of the Navajo Code Talkers, they spoke the Navajo language to save the American army during World War II, true heroes of this country. Uh, today, they have a population of over 250,000, which is a huge tribe. It's huge compared to ours, especially. The Navajo Nation's council chamber sits 88 council delegates, representing 100 Navajo Nation chapters. Oh my gosh. It's huge. Yes. Yeah, compared to our 12? Yeah. Well, they're so spread out. While council is in session, you will likely hear delegates carry on in the Navajo language, which is a perfect example of how the Navajo Nation retains its viable cultural heritage while forging ahead with modern progress. So that was a little background on the Navajo Nation, and I'll get into Tanya's story. 
And it's a little wild uh, reading and researching it. It was it's a wild story. Tanya vanished in March of 2017. She was last seen with her then boyfriend, Jason Allen Thornburg. And Tanya was 36 years old when she went missing. Her best friend, Melissa Bradford, said in an interview that the last time she spoke to Tanya was about a month before she went missing. And she described how they first met back in 2014 in Phoenix. Melissa had hired Tanya at the restaurant depot after she became the front-end manager. Melissa stated they automatically clicked and she spoke about what an amazing woman she was and how much she loved her kids. She was always talking about them, always doing for them. She just loved her kids. She was just such a she described her as such a good mother. Later on, Melissa moved away to Kansas City, but the two girls never lost touch. Melissa never met Jason, Tanya's boyfriend, but she knew something about their relationship seemed off. He seemed a bit strange. And you know that feeling you get when you just know someone just isn't who they make themselves out to be? Oh, yeah. Well, that was Melissa's gut feeling about Jason. It's a vibe, like an energy. There's just some people, when you're around them, you're just automatically not comfortable. There's just something off. It's like instinctual. Yeah. It's like you can be around somebody for like five minutes. And you're like, yeah, I'm just not feeling this person. Um, about a month before Tanya went missing, she contacted Melissa needing a place to stay. She needed somewhere to get away to. And she just wasn't herself, Melissa described. Tanya wouldn't go into detail about their relationship with Jason, but Melissa could hear in Tanya's voice that she was scared and she did not feel safe. And that was the last time she spoke to Tanya. Jason Thornburg has a violent history of crimes that include, in May of 2014, carjacking in Prima County. And according to Arizona Department of Corrections, he was con convicted of vehicle theft in 2015 and served nine months in jail and was paroled in 2015. In February 18, 2017, Gallup, New Mexico police responded to a domestic disturbance between Jason and his girlfriend, Tanya. When police arrived, Tanya had a bloody face and glass was embedded into her eye. Oh, my God. She told police Jason threw an empty glass coffee pot at her face. Jason apparently left the house and police issued a warrant for his arrest. Over a month later, on March 21, 2017, a tip came in from a property owner where Jason and Tanya ran an apartment and that Jason was sleeping in his car in the garage near the complex. The Gallup police found him sleeping in that car, and they arrested him immediately. They took him in for questioning, but he requested legal counsel, and the interview ended. Keep in mind, he was arrested on March 21st, and Tanya's mother reported her missing on March 19th, two days prior. Tanya's mother attempted to file a missing persons report with the Navajo Nation Crown Point Police District two days before filling out a missing persons report in Gallup. However, Crown Point Police did not file the report. And Teresa told investigators that Tanya and Jason were recreational drug users and she used the drug crystal meth. Okay, hold on one second, because I just want to be sure that I get this right. There was a domestic violence incident where he threw a glass coffee pot and bloodied Tanya's face. And then the police issued a warrant and he was arrested a month later, a few days after Tanya was reported missing. Okay, I think I got it. I apologize for basically reiterating everything you just said. Tanya was last seen by her family on March 2nd, 2017, until Hachi, New Mexico, when she was with Jason and was leaving her aunt's house. Teresa told officers that Tanya and Jason stole her 2004 Dodge Neon. So since she was last seen in Hachi, New Mexico, it was out of Gallup's jurisdiction and falls under the Navajo Nation. On March 3rd, Tanya called her mom and told her she was in Loop, Arizona with Jason. So he sometimes lived with his parents in Dilkin, Arizona, and so the police department reached out to Dilkin Police Department. The Dilkin Police reported back after interviewing the family Jason was last seen on March 14th at his parents' house. They said he was alone and lived in Teresa's Dodge Neon 
and later the car was found to be abandoned. Then, three days later, a neighbor told police he seen Jason at his parents' house. A family member also reported seeing Jason and that they had spoke to him. He asked him how he was doing, he asked him about Tanya, and Jason just said she was back at his house and invited him over. But the family member declined because something just seemed off and suspicious about Jason. Like he was just acting really weird. A search warrant for Jason states a Gallup detective noted in a report by Dilcom Police Department that two neighbors saw Jason burning unknown items below his parents' house in Arizona. In the meantime, the Gallup Police Department go back and question the property owner who gave the police the tip of Jason sleeping in his car. He said he last spoke to Jason on March 16th, and Jason had told him he and Tanya went to visit his family in Dilkin. Tanya got mad at him, and they got into a fight, and she left him in Holbrook, Arizona. So he's saying they're at his aunt's house. The aunt said they stole her car, and they went to his family's house in Dilkin, Arizona. Now, nobody's seen her there, but he's saying, oh, she's at my mom's house. Um, oh, we got in a fight, and she left me. And this whole time, he's just acting sh really strange. The family is even more concerned about the whereabouts of Tanya. They are involved with the Gallup Police Department, the Dilkin Police Department, and the Navajo Nation Police Department since she was last seen on tribal land. It is placed in their jurisdiction. And so you have all these police departments working on this case and trying to find Tanya. Gallup police get a search warrant for two cell phones found on Jason. And they hope that it will help them locate Tanya or possible witnesses of her disappearance because she's still not been seen or found. Tanya's cell phone pinged off towers in Dilkin, Arizona and Tehachi, New Mexico. So she was in those locations according to her cell phone. Well, not her, but her cell phone. But Tanya is nowhere to be found, and he was the last person that she was with. So let's fast forward four years. December 2021, a gruesome discovery of three dismembered bodies were found in a dumpster that was set on fire in Fort Worth, Texas. Jason Thornburg was arrested after the police were able to connect him to the dumpster location. They tracked him down after they recognized his name, which is registered to a Jeep Grand Cherokee. He was already a person of interest in another suspicious death earlier in the year. When they brought him in, he didn't deny anything and allegedly told the detectives he killed and dismembered 42-year-old David Lures and two other women, Lauren Phillips and Mary Cruz Mathis, in the name of God and believed the Bible called him to commit human sacrifices. He said he had an in-depth knowledge of the Bible and he was called to commit these sacrifices. He told investigators about the three bodies found in the dumpster that he killed the three people in his motel room by cutting two of the victim's throats and strangling one to death, then dismembering their bodies in the bathtub and storing their remains in a Rubbermaid container before dumping their bodies in the dumpster and then setting it on fire. I, I don't even know what to say. He then went on to confess he killed his roommate, 61-year-old Mark Jewell, in May by slicing his throat and capping the natural gas line and lighting a candle in the room to start a fire. At the time, the medical examiner could not conclude the cause of Mark's death. He then went on to say he also sacrificed his girlfriend, Tanya, in Arizona. Hold on. Hold on. I need to collect my thoughts here. People are going to get really annoyed with me. <laughs> so that was a lot. Basically, we're talking about a serial killer here, right? Yes. And admitted to it. And he's saying the Bible told him to do this. To sacrifice their bodies. Yes. He was a meth user, though, right? Is that what? Uh, Yes. I mean, assuming that he was a, you know, a chronic user, it was probably like hallucinogenic thoughts, you know? Yes, there absolutely, because there's some mental instability there. Well, this man just sounded like he was trouble anyways, because prior to being with Tanya, he had like a long history of doing bad things. Yeah, this is a scary man. So he tells investigators he sacrificed his girlfriend in Arizona, Tanya. And he is known as the Tarrant County serial killer and was charged with capital murder in the three deaths. 
Tarrant County Criminal District Attorney's Office is seeking the death penalty for the three murders. However, in the case of Tanya, with no body, there are no charges. And so Tanya is still considered a missing person today. Even though he's said that he sacrificed her, he's not telling them where or where her body can be found or what happened to her. So who knows if that's the only people too, you know? Exactly. I mean, where was he for these four years? And this whole time, since 2017, the family's been searching for her. They've been making Facebook posts. They've been um, doing everything they can to search for her, to find her, to find some kind of resolution. And I went back and I researched and tried to find if there was anything. Even though he conf- he said that he did it, there's still nothing. And that's why she's still considered a missing person. So could they not presume that she was dead and charge him? The attorney said with no body, there's no charges. So maybe they think yeah. he's not being truthful? I don't really understand. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Until he gives them some kind of clue as to where her body is, where it can be found, or what happened to her, they can't charge him with her murder because she's still labeled as a missing person. It doesn't make sense to me because I feel like there are a lot of cases where there's no body, but people are still charged. Yeah. Yeah. I think we covered that case. Or you covered that case, Shiashi, where the boyfriend committed to killing the girlfriend. Faith Lindsay. You're right. Faith Lindsay went missing in October 2019, I believe. And it was two months later that her boyfriend at the time was arrested and is facing charges for her death. But to this day, Faith Lindsay's body hasn't been recovered. Yeah, he's being charged for her murder, but he won't tell them where her body is. So quick question, is Jason indigenous or non? Non. It never stated that he was an indigenous person, and he he doesn't look. He looks like he's non-indigenous. I just really hate when people use religion to justify doing terrible things. That makes no sense to me. He definitely had struggled with some mental issues, especially to dismember four people like that. On the FBI website, there's a list of missing indigenous women for the Navajo Nation, and her name is still on there as a missing person. And I've looked and looked and looked. And maybe they're going to bring those charges forward later because this was just a year ago. It's heartbreaking that her family still has, you know, they're still holding on to just like any shred of hope that she's alive. And her two young children. You know, I shared that picture with you guys of her little boy holding up the sign asking to bring my mom home. Children shouldn't have to bear that trauma. Yeah, I know. And what's crazy is the level of escalation that this man went to. But you know what's what's even crazier is this is a serial killer in the United States that likely no one has heard about. Yeah. Whenever I was looking up information about him, I didn't know even in the stories I read about Tanya, it never mentioned that he was the Tarrant County serial killer. He... I did um see this story about the time you said you were covering it. I had read an article on it, Osh. But, I mean, that was just recently. That was, what, like a month ago? A few weeks ago? Yeah. But as of today, she's still considered a missing person. She's been missing for five years now, and her family misses her dearly. Tanya may still be in the Tehachi area, or she may be in Albuquerque, Gallup, or Midmore, New Mexico, or Dilkin, Arizona. She was close to her family and frequently called and texted family and friends. They are praying someone knows where she is or recognizes her or brings her home. And we hope what Jason is saying is not true. She's 5'5", 135 pounds brown hair, brown eyes. She has a scar above her left eyebrow and a small scar under her left eye. She has pierced ears and a rose tattoo on each breast, a feather on her foot, and a music note behind her right ear. Her nicknames are Span and Tin. 
If you have any information about Tanya Begay, call the Gallup Police Department at 505-722-2231. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.